Hello there, you rollicking reindeer. It's Chappie, your British butler. Keep calm and cauliflower cheese. It's episode 147 today. At least I think it is. I haven't checked. Should I check? Should I double check? Are you all about the accuracy of this podcast? But I think those who probably listen to this podcast aren't that interested in sort of accuracy. I I think you just go about your lives, you smell the roses along the way, you wear rose-tinted spectacles, but you're not putting things on spreadsheets. You're not detailing data. But I don't think that's what this podcast is about. This podcast is meant to be whimsical. It's meant to be dreamy. It's meant to be poetic. With, obviously, the whole horse manure load of nonsense that I'd like to incorporate into every podcast, if I can. We sometimes get a little bit serious. We sometimes uh, go down the avenue of a good old-fashioned ghost story, just so I can light a fire, basically. And today, I'm trying to get into the Christmas spirit as best I can uh, with a little fire blazing on my iPad. Now, my iPad isn't on fire. You know, I haven't got annoyed or sprayed lighter fluid over it. It's not blazing. It's not a towering inferno. It's not arson or anything like that. But it's just flickering away in the background. I have found, though, I do like my uh, little fake electric fire. It has good ambiance. has some sort of glowing logs on there. But I found that playing 24 hours of a crackling fire in the background, you know, as long as I get the speakers right and I adjust it perfectly, I can have a crackling fire in my living room. Yes, I can. With a fake little electric fireplace and also... Uh, 24-hour crackling log sound. It's absolutely perfect. The only trouble is if you actually put a... If you put a, a crackling fire with a storm in the background, you get a little bit worried, you know. You have to look out the shutters and see if there's lightning or snow falling or anything along those lines. So it can get very, very realistic. But this year, if you two have a fake fireplace, there are many, many sound effects. You can have a crackling fire for an entire 24 hours. Yes, I mean, that's absolutely, I, I find that's the best way to fall asleep. That crackling log going on there. It's very, very therapeutic, don't you think? Just love an open fire. Sadly, in New Champion Towers, I don't think I'll be allowed to get any sort of fire pit. Uh, none of those indoor fire pits. For God's sake, they won't even let me put a ring camera up to survey the scenery. Yes, it doesn't want people recording what's going on in Chappie Towers on the outside of Chappie Towers. That's some of the best thing, you know, that's, I see that as modern day, 2021, people watching. For us in the COVID age, with uh, everything rampant, Omicron rampant variants going on, if you want to people watch these days, get yourself a ring camera on the outside and you can people watch best you can. Now, it's a little bit voyeuristic, to be honest. It's like back in Chicago when I lived there, having a telescope. Now... Why does anybody want a telescope in Chicago, one would ask? Well, you know, it's, it's see the stars, Chappie. See Venus entering Uranus. Well, there's a, maybe some enterings of Uranus because people had the telescopes pointed at other apartment buildings to see what's going on. Oh, it's all very, very smutty indeed. Now, I never needed that. And to be honest, I, I imagine you wouldn't need to get one of those if you saw a total eclipse at the window, so to speak or even a full moon, 
you wouldn't need one of those little protective things to cover your eyes. Well, you know, to be honest, some people you would you would definitely need something to uh, possibly cover your eyes if you if you saw a full moon at the window, well, especially a hairy full moon. I mean, that could give you nightmares for years. That could ruin one's Christmas doing that sort of nonsense. But anyway, a crackling fire brings about the season and um, also a little tot of something special on the top of your coffee. Now we'll be talking about that later, maybe. But anyway, I hope you're nice and warm. It's, it's sort of a, a tale of two cities at the moment here in Colorado. We ha- we're having very, very cold mornings. So it's seasonal. Your, eye, your, your breath is um, freezing. There's sharp frost. But, um, but there's nothing else. There's no snow. We had a sprinkle of snow. There's no snow forecast. The mountains around are getting hit by snow. But uh, yeah, I, I, sort of, I sort of long for some snow. I longed, longed to put on the act tracks again and trudge through the snow. That's what I really, really want. A snowy scene. So I can sort of hit my, you know, have my little hip flask in there as well. Nice warming hip flask on a very cold wintry walk. But the fact is, you know there's something wrong in the world when Colorado probably has less of a chance of snow than the UK. I think the UK has more of a chance of snow this year. Possibly. You never know. I mean, everybody likes to tease this out there and keeping the dream alive, so to speak. But there could be snow in the UK or at least a, at least a little, little, a little blizzard, a tiny little blizzard, a little light flurry, maybe rather than a blizzard coming your way. But that's what it is. Everybody likes the romance. Well, most people do. People in Hawaii, maybe California, like a warm Christmas. I like it snow Christmas, snowy, laden Christmas, where you can see the pitter-patter of tiny hooves through the snow, and you have to wrap up, you have to have a big old scarf wrapped around you, maybe 20 times or something. That's what I like. And when my nose freezes so much, it begins to look like a carrot. That is truly keeping the dream alive. So what are you dreaming that Santa will fill your stocking with this year? Oh, is it a new bike? Is it a new Patagonia shirt? Is it a new beanie? Is it new gloves with the little fingerprint things so you can actually swipe on your phone? Is it a goose down coat? I'm going all Colorado here, basically. Do do people still wear the turtlenecks, though, when they're out and about? So I saw that, uh, is it like the, the story about the Tibetan gentleman who scaled all the peaks in the Himalayas and also Nepal, uh, also in China, or the highest peaks in the world. I think it was like the the uh, nine highest peaks in the world, something along those lines. I didn't see him wear a turtleneck once. But anyway, I'm dreaming of a sausage roll this Christmas. But for bloody hell's sake, I can't get one. Now, I've been doing devoted research over the last few weeks. And I think I found a place that will serve me a sausage roll. So I'm going to give them a call uh, live now on the podcast and we're going to examine the details. You know, I'm not a details person normally, but when it comes to sausage rolls, I want the infinite amount of detail. I want the I want to basically get the vernier calipers out. I want to get the magnifying glass out. I want to examine this to an inch of its life to make sure that this sausage roll is indeed right for me. 
Yes, hello there. Um, I'm just wondering if you can help me. So I was just on, I think it was Uber Eats or something. I was looking for like sausage rolls, like savory uh -huh. sausage rolls, um, like uh -huh. the English style. Um, uh -huh. Is that something that you have? As I've been like looking for, it seems like 10 years here. <laughs> for... No, yeah, me too. I have a breakfast sausage wrapped in cheddar, yes. wrapped in puff pastry, baked off, and then finished in ma uh, maple syrup. It is a breakfast version. Oh wow, that does sound pretty pretty good. Do you do you sell them in boxes then? Is it or or how how do you how can I get if, myself quite a few of these for the holidays? If you want quite a few, you can come on into our retail shop and you can place a special order and you can pick them up either raw or cooked. I will sell them to you either way. Oh, fantastic! That's uh, that that has already made my holiday. So, is it like short cusp pastry or is it uh, is it uh, puff pastry? Would you say? It is puff pastry. If oh, you man. want a custom version that is pie pastry, I am happy to produce that for you. That's a custom order item that we'll have to discuss when you get here so that I can get numbers and, you know, that sort of thing and get production going. Well, that's fantastic. I, I'll talk to uh, I'll talk to the powers that be around here and see how many we want for uh, want for the holidays, and then I'll uh, pop in. But that really, seriously, I think this may be the Christmas miracle that I've been looking for. <laughs> well, I'm happy to make them for you, honey. I look forward to meeting you. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye. Oh gosh, it's like meat pie sausage roll. Come on, England, give us a goal. I mean, that's like a hat trick for me being able to find sausage rolls. Now, I'm not so sure about the maple syrup in there. <laughs> this is going to call like consternation and maybe constipation amongst uh, a debate over the Christmas. I don't know about the maple syrup in the sausage roll. And I didn't check for the vegan sausage roll as well. I know that I think Piers Morgan in the UK it, it always talk about the vegan sausage roll. I think somebody's given him a vegan sausage roll. I don't know if it's like encased in gold and it's a Christmas decoration. I don't know if it's an actual freeze-dried vegan sausage roll but you know i'll give the vegan shot a try i know i promised you the listener i'd give the uh the faux turkey roll a try as well that's still in the freezer i haven't quite got the guts to try that yet because so i got this uh i mean this vegan sort of turkey roll faux turkey roll uh, from trader joe's I'm, I'm actually excited to try it maybe it's a good thing to try at the beginning of the week before you hit all the calorific details of uh, of christmas i mean just try just get out the vegan roll for a few days uh you know who not maybe i'll maybe i'll take a real dare eat the vegan roll and also go to the gym for a few days well not literally for like 24 hours at a time i'm not doing my own gym version of a cricket test match for five days no never do that oh don't talk to me about the cricket i, I think i need the sausage roll to make me feel better about what's going on in Australia at the moment. Oh dear. And why do I put myself through this for five days? 25 days in the series, but five days per test match for five matches. I put my fruit through my through purgatory. I think it's hell actually. I mean, most of the time uh, in my life, I've seen England lose constantly. Uh, there was a period of time, I think between 2005 and maybe 2015, 10 years where we're beating the Aussies all the time. God, it's nothing better than beating an Aussie. I mean, on the obviously the, the, the cricket pitch, the cricket wicket. Um, I think an Aussie would, uh, you know, if I was brawling an Aussie over a, over a vegan sausage roll, I think the Aussie would probably beat me. You know, they're tough guys, tough guys. And, and they probably fight more 
vociferously for a meat pie than uh, than an Englishman. I would say. I would hazard a guess. If you were to, if you were to have a tug of war between a set of Englishmen and a set of Aussies f- f- to win a meat pie for life, then I think the uh, the Aussies might win. I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure that yeah, know, maybe a couple of West Ham fans in there. The 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 English may push it over the edge. But anyway, so podcast today. We have Last Christmas. I gave you a cover version of Last Christmas. We have another version of that. We do have some Trump or trombone. Uh, we have the usual nonsensical stuff that goes on in the podcast here. We've got an absolute barrel load of fun for you, the Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese listener. So we didn't fit this into the podcast last week, but this is one that I really wanted to talk to you about. Uh, I wanted, wanted to discuss this on the podcast. So apparently camels were rejected from the beauty contest over Botox use and other tampering. Organizers of a popular camel beauty contest in Saudi Arabia have disqualified 43 contestants after cracking down on Botox injections and other forms of tampering by the breeders. The 40-day uh, abolages, uh, <laughs> like Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia porno movie, Abdelaziz uh, Camel Festival located about 100 kilometers. I, I will eventually one day get my teeth in it. It's you know, caked in turmeric, for God's sake. Northeast of the capital, Riyadh, launching at the beginning of December. In its sixth year, it sees breeders compete for more than 66 million in prize money. This is, this is like a camel beauty contest, for God's sake. Forget Miss World. God, these dromedaries are really getting it on. The Saudi state media press says the stakes are high and scrupulous breeders have been accused of using a number of methods to make their camels more likely to win, such as injecting silicon and fillers and inflating body parts using rubber bands to enhance their appearance. This sounds like cruelty. Call the RSPCA on them. This year, organizers have dealt with 147 cases of tampering, the largest number since the festival began. Mazur Galnato, spokesman for the festival's legal committee, said the breeders are found to be tampering have to pay fines which vary according to the offence. For example, the fine for injecting fillers, Botox or hormones can be as much as 100,000 reals, that's $27,000 per camel, while braiding, cutting the tail or dyeing the camel incurs a fine of 30,000, 8,000 reals. In order to detect tampering, the camels are examined both physically and clinically using devices such as x-ray machines and sonar devices. The owners of winning camels receive cash prize and the recognition can sell the animals for higher prices. Rare camels are big business in Saudi Arabia and the animals are protected using microchips. So I mean you're filling them with Botox, silicon and then microchips as well. I mean they're like, they're like a cyborg camel basically now. They're an important part of Saudi culture. The animals are well adapted to life in deserts and around the Saudi Arabia kingdom. So, I mean, all this, all this sort of issue here, these poor camels getting Botox injections, silicon injections. I mean, this is going to give them the ump, without a doubt. It's going to give them the ump. I mean, are they getting hump augmentations? I mean, do you have like the Pamela Anderson, Carmen Electra? Of, uh, of camels, could you have a Baywatch camel special? You know, a spin-off. But I mean, I guess you couldn't in the desert, there's no water, so Baywatch wouldn't be. I mean, you could do camels like basically sandboard surfing or something along those lines. I mean, does lip Botox make the camel more alluring? You know, if puckering up with like big old camel lips, does that make them more attractive to the judges? 
I mean, is there like a Cowl Camel judge? Simon Cowl Camel judge out there? You know, like an acerbic camel, you know, with moves, judging the other camels. I mean, could that happen? I mean, is it? I, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know about uh, camel augmentations or bigger breasts on camels or anything like this, trimming the camel's tail. I mean, let the camels be. Let them be natural. If they want to have odd-shaped humps, then let them be. Don't give them hump augmentations. Don't give them silicon implants. Don't make their lips all puckery. I mean, who wants a duck-faced camel, for God's sake? So on Monday this week, I saw a truly beautiful sight. Now, I'm always an early riser, and I was out and about with the hounds, Maggie and George, and I was walking them in a beautiful little area, which is wooded. I love a wooded area. This is what I love. I really want the snow to come, because it will be such magic walking through this little wooded area. But anyway, so I, um, I, I, in the distance, I saw like a herd of beautiful deer. There was a stag and like uh, four or five does, I guess. I mean, it was beautiful. Now, the stag and uh, most of them ran off. But one of the female deer, doe, a deer, a female deer. Now, she, she just stood there. And the dogs were freaked out. They were barking away, absolutely going nuts there. But the, the, the doe deer was like standing there looking, not afraid at all. I mean, I thought the doe was going to charge me. And uh, doe today, gone tomorrow in this sense. But yeah. So the doe was like staring into my soul. I felt like the doe was like a mind reader, like a PhD in psychology. I've had enough of PhDs in psychology this week, let me, let me tell you. But that's a whole nother tale. But the doe was looking into my soul. Now, I don't think it was seeing like a lump of coal. I wasn't seeing a black soul for Christmas. But it was really weighing me up. I mean, what, did it, what sort of creature did it think it was? I told my mother, I think it probably thought I was a lesser spotted yellow tongue gibbon. That's what the doe thought of me. And uh, who would who would ever argue about that? But yes, go on to Instagram if you want to see a beautiful doe, a deer, a female deer, before you have your sound of music this Christmas holidays. So I don't know if you have issues with uh, fitness devices, watches, you know, Apple Watch, Fitbit, all of those different watches. Now, I had the situation the other day, and I, you know, I think I've said this on the podcast before, when I'm on a bike... I basically be biking backwards. I do feel like I could walk quicker than I can bike. I, I am very, very so like a cyclist. I mean, I was on a penny farthing. I'm like one of those slow sort of uh, just motion Charlie Chaplin movies, you know, which is basically slow, stuttery, and uh, with a 1920s bike. I mean, people probably think I'm on a 1920s bike when I'm a, they see me cycling along. But have you ever had the situation where your watch has told you that you have basically finished your workout? So my fast walking workout. Now I do the fast walk where I wiggle my hips, swing my arms though like pendulums. You know, I do all of that. Get the old hips moving, get the old bum moving here. Yes, I do all that power walking, I think they call it. But when the watch tells you that you finished your workout when you haven't, you must be going so slowly. And I mean, it really depressed me. I thought, well, what am I doing here? The watch has told me I finished my work, but I'm still walking. I mean, that when you tells you, tells you that your power walk, basically you need like a Gatorade to get things jigged up a little bit because your power walk is basically slower than a stroll on a summer's day. A British expat feared he would die after being bitten 26 times on his legs, ankle and buttocks by 20 rampaging otters in Singapore. 
Graham George Spencer, who was visiting the Singapore Botanical Gardens, uh, where the animals lunged at him. He'd been on a morning walk with his friend on November the 30th, and he saw 20 otters crossing a path a few metres in front of him. While approaching the entrance to the garden, all of a sudden they went crazy after one another parker ran towards a pair. The jogger managed to swerve out of reach, but the otters then headed towards Spencer, biting his ankles and causing him to fall down. The otters then bit his legs, buttocks, and even his finger. I thought I was going to die! The uh, attack only stopped when his friend shouted at the animals, causing them to briefly pause, with Spencer bleeding from multiple wounds. Oh my god, I'm, I'm, I've got just a minor flesh wound here. Well, there's not a minor flesh wound, these dastardly otters. I was bitten 26 times in 10 seconds. It wasn't for my friend. I don't think I'd still be here. He was treated at Glen Eagles Hospital, where he received tetanus shots and antibiotics. Spencer warned Parkview to stay clear, because this would happen again. Their numbers have increased over the past couple of years, to the delight of some annoyance of others. When they're pups, the adults can be protective over their young, said, uh, said the writer in the Chronicle. Oh dear! I mean, that makes me fearful. I saw otters the other day. I was like joking with my daughter, like bull sharks in the in the pond. But it was otters. Now otters could be more aggressive than bull sharks. Now, I think, I truly do think that we need to get those otters, basically send them over to Saudi Arabia, and then we need to let them run riot to save our good friends. Our lovely, lovely friends, the camels, uh, from Botox and silicon. Seriously, we're going to keep a campaign. Keep camels natural. I've had a lot of dreams recently. I maybe maybe sleeping deeper here, um, or maybe too much cheese. Who knows? But I had a dream the other day that somebody in a in a uh, little breakfast tavern, a cafe wouldn't make me a full English breakfast. They would not write down my order. I mean, and then basically they sent me over to a touchscreen where I had to select the components on the touchscreen. And I mean, that didn't work either. So firstly, I had an uncooperative, uh, basically owner of a cafe. So uncooperative. And Secondly, the touchscreen wouldn't let me put bacon, eggs, black pudding, uh, baked beans, none of that. And then finally, the owner, instead of following my instructions of full English, he made me a six foot sandwich that I had to eat before I could leave. I mean, it was like an episode of uh, Gladiators or the Crystal Maze. It was a Herculean challenge to eat this, this uh, six foot sandwich that basically contained some sort of leafy green that made my throat swell up. You want to impress your uh, anybody in your family or anybody coming for Christmas this year, how you can quaff your way into becoming a wine buff. There's a new podcast on, which probably shouldn't advertise other podcasts, but we're all in the big podcast family. Mikita Oliver didn't know her bottom shelf plonk from the, her upscale Pinot Noir. Now with the help of wine critic Will Lines in the London Times, they have a new podcast. This is some of the uh, some of the elements that they suggest when it comes to knowing wine and uh, seeming impressive. So these are some of Will's top tips. Number one, follow your interests. You can enjoy a rosé. Try as many as you can. If you love France, learn whatever you can about its wines. Keep a notebook of what you like, what you don't like. Ask yourself, is it fruity or floral, woody, spicy, earthy, vegetal or buttery? These are the key descriptors. So remember those. 
this year. Is it fruity? We're talking wines here. Get your minds out of the gutter. Floral, woody, spicy, earthy, vegetal or buttery. If you can detect the aromas described on the label, make a note of how the wine felt in your mouth. Focus on the texture, people. If you're looking for value, try Argentina, Portugal, Southern Italy and Sicily for reds. Whites consider South African Chenin Blanc and a sparkling Cremant from France. Don't drink your wine too cold. Domestic fridges cool to about 5 degrees Celsius, which is a little too chilly and can numb the aromas. You don't want your aromas numbed this holiday season. Take the bottle out 10 minutes before serving. And uh, this is what Makita learned from her uh, time with Will, the Times wine correspondent. It's okay to ask questions. It always leads to something more interesting. Red wine can go with fish such as tuna steak or monkfish. The fact that monks produce the world's first champagne. I mean, how did monks ever go to their uh, daily matin, their, 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 their sort of even, even song services when they were a little bit tipsy from the champers? And here, the best place to store your wine is in your knicker drawer. It's dark and just the right temperature and not too moist, hopefully. So now we have our recurring feature. Last Christmas, I gave you a cover song of Last Christmas. So if you're listening to the podcast, I have a musical Butler Emporium edition playlist where it's basically my uh, delusioned ramblings. And in between the delusioned ramblings, you have uh, music, basically. So, I mean, so far today, we've had some Curtis Blow, we've had some Notorious B.I.G., some Julie Andrews. You can see it's a real eclectic playlist here. Uh, we have some meat pie sausage roll. We have some fry height. I tell you something, it's a real good mix today. But we'll talk about that a little bit later on the podcast, uh, how you can listen to that. But anyway, so we're, we're not allowed to break the Whamageddon curse. Yeah, no Whamageddon curse this season. Uh, we're playing lots of other George Michael on the Butler Emporium, but no Whamageddon curse. You know, people don't want to lose Whamageddon too early. I don't know if I can hold off. I don't think I can hold onto my britches too much longer where I cannot play Wham's Christmas Pudding Mix, which is my favorite mix of the song. Six minutes, 30 seconds of pure uh, audio delight. I mean, it's it's like, you know, when you... You know, when you sprinkle icing sugar, sugar on top of a, a Christmas cake or mince pies or your log or in something like that. It is the icing sugar being sprinkled onto Christmas, in my opinion. Wham's last Christmas. But we are giving you a cover version. We're not breaking the Whamageddon rules. We're giving you cover songs of last Christmas up until the holiday period. So it's basically cover songs, uh, last Christmas cover songs. Um, and last Christmas, I gave you a cover song. And today's cover song on the Butler Emporium Musical Edition playlist is Last Christmas by Jimmy Eat World. Oh, camels, vamoose. Okay, so Jimmy Eat World uh, version of Last Christmas. I gave you a cover song of Last Christmas. So we rated on the ho-ho-ho scale. So how many hoes are in the room? Uh, what is going to emanate from Santa's mouth? How many hoes are going to emanate from Santa's mouth this year? So let, uh, let's see. Jimmy Eats World, last Christmas, how many hoes are we going to have? Oh, oh. All right, that's, I think, we're giving that one and a half hoes for Jimmy Eat World. So our very lovely friends of Very British Problems official on Twitter, Instagram. So we have Very British Problems compliments. Number one, 
being complimented on your new coat and immediately stating, it's rubbish really, only cheap, look better on the website. Number two, understanding the comment, you look well in two ways. Number one, you look fat. And number two, you look sunburned and slightly sozzled. Number three, learning that you certainly made an impression last night and knowing you did something terrible. Number four, having the power to make somebody spread out their hand like a starfish simply by saying, ooh, I like your nails. Number five, bowing to pressure to play the guitar after somebody stresses how gifted you are at it, resulting in everybody going home. Number six, telling somebody their outfit choice is perfectly fine, causing them to return to the bedroom and empty their wardrobe to the floor. Number seven, receiving so many plaudits for your roast potatoes recipe, roast and potatoes, that you actually start to get annoyed. Number eight, never feeling more chuffed with yourself than when you're praised for being really accurate at fast forwarding the telly. Number nine, being told your hair looks different and nice, which is confusing as you've had the same hairstyle since 2002. Number 10, you're not all bad, you know. Translation, I love you and I wish you to marry me immediately. So I had a second dream that same night. So I dreamt about somebody not making me a full English breakfast and also making me a six foot sub with a load of greens that made my throat swell up. Yes, but I also also dreamed, and this is, you know, classy chappy dreaming here. I dreamed that I had an Egyptian guard dog. It was Anubis, the traditional Egyptian dog that you see in all those murals and paintings in ancient Egypt. Anubis. So I was thinking, I'm, I'm such a classy dreamer. But you know what? I, ne- I never really dream of uh, two dreams in one night. I mean, I guess I, I could have had a third. It could have been coming along like London buses. I mean, we shouldn't celebrate these sort of buffoons, but United Airlines officials kicked Florida man Adam Jenner off a flight this week before it took off in Fort Lauderdale because he's wearing a pair of women's red thong underwear on his face as the protest at the mask mandate. Now, I mean, first of all, wouldn't the thong like gag you to begin with? And it's letting in all sorts of things. I mean, you're not you're not protecting yourself from uh, COVID particles flying around with just a thong. I mean, the thong barely protects anything. Uh, Jean insisted to Fort Myers news station NBC2 that he was in compliance with the mandate, complaining the thong fully covered his nose and mouth. I mean, does he have a nose like a chipmunk or a mouth a little, little, you know, little tiny mouth as well? That's the only thing. A thong could only cover a chipmunk's nose and indeed uh, mouth. I think the best way to illustrate absurdity is with absurdity, Jen said. Jenny claimed that he'd gotten uh, away with a stunt on previous flights. Now he's been banned from United Airlines for indeed forever. I mean, what he should have said, though, he said, look, he should have not gone along at all and said, you know, I'm just going matching commando. I'm commando down below and I'm commando on top. What an imbecile. So a little bit of cheeky chappy here. So have you ever... seen a Christmas gift and got a gift before Christmas somebody gave you a gift and you didn't think they were going to give you a gift but now you feel obliged to give them a gift so have you ever uh, got the gift and then thought well I wonder how much that cost well so I have a bottle of wine in my hand here somebody gave me this before Christmas and it's a Valley of the Moon Cabernet Sauvignon uh, 2018 okay so I'm going to look at the cost, but I want to spend around the same amount. Now, I'm hoping it's not going to be like a Chateau Lafitte or Mouton Rothschild, uh, like a vintage, uh, you know, Bordeaux region uh, uh, wine here. Well, there's actually a California wine, so 
but it is a Sonoma. So, okay, so we have like 2018. We're just typing this in here. 2018 Valley of the Moon. Valley of the Moon Cab. Okay. I mean, you can maybe see also how much the person really likes you. So, okay. So we're going on to a very known, well-known wine website here. And we're going to have a look. So here we go. Well, apparently, <laughs> apparently I'm worth $15.00. 99 cents so there we go so if you have a gift look it up i mean it could have been like 500 dollars and then you're in a real piccalilli aren't you so first up on the oki to this week for trump or trombone a google maps user has been left bewildered after you spotted a group of five people dressed in full blue bodysuits looking like power rangers dancing in the middle of the field the discovery was uploaded by a reddit user and has left several others in disbelief of what was going on and how the bizarre scene ended up on Google Maps. Wake you up in Power Rangers bootleg. The location of the strange image is in the northern Italian region of Frilli, Venezia, Goelia, near the borders of Slovenia, and it's not visible with the naked eye in the mapping service. You have to click on the exact location in order to spot it. The user made the discovery and uh, whilst he was tracking some aeroplanes. God, this chap sounds absolutely fascinating, doesn't he? Uh, I'm afraid I just went blue myself. I go to the blue man group, says another comment. So it's uh, people basically doing their morning yoga dressed as uh, blue Power Rangers. I am a little bit miffed, though. Seemingly no blue big and tall Power Ranger suits. or no pink ones, actually. Uh, I have to add that as well. I mean, that's where the extrasensory perception of the Power Rangers really falls down. And a Westworld-style sex robot factory has announced it'll be releasing groundbreaking new dolls next year. Real Doll thrilled their Instagram fans with a sneak peek of staff working at their latest creations. We're mixing up some new things to get excited about the new year. Keep them peeled for the great new 2022 Real Doll. The image showed two employees mixing a silicone solution. Uh, the other half-finished dolls hung up in the background waiting to give, be completed. This is so creepy. While prospective buyers have not been able to see what uh, is going on, uh, but come the new year, they'll be thrilled nevertheless. I mean, I wouldn't put down a deposit on. I mean, all I see is like a, like a half a buttock hanging down or a pair of buttocks hanging down in the, uh, on the factory floor here. I mean, it is so, so creepy. I just hope there's no carnal controversy on the conveyor belts and the hard reboot works. And Ronald McDonald, the famous face of fast food chain, is remembered fondly by many uh, for a children's parties, nostalgic adverts, but a raunchy find in a charity shop will leave some quite disturbed. The family-friendly clown who represents the fast food chain has left one former employee disturbed after seeing the clown in a new light. Cy Ewing couldn't believe after he discovered a bizarre Ronald McDonald figurine in the charity shop showing the clown in speedos with fries sticking out of the top of the speedos. The former staffer said, I have no words. I used to work at McDonald's in my teens and this genuinely scared me. The farmer food, uh, fast food former worker previously worked at McDonald's in Swindon and Wiltshire in the UK more than two decades ago, but received a blast from the past when he discovered the Ronald toy 
in South End Essex in a charity shop. One Facebook user said the uh, fig- uh, figurine puts a whole new meaning to the term junk food, while the other joked they needed therapy after looking at it. I mean, to be honest, though, no wonder the McFlurry machines never work. Ronald's is just obviously loving it. So I've just heard the uh, best or read the best obituary. Uh, Son loves unusual writing and uh, he wrote a rather unusual thousand word tribute to Rene Mandel Corrin, who died in El Paso. Uh, Some obituary notices open up with the grand achievements of life well lived or the tender details of a person's passing with loved ones at the size of death of El Paso's Texas of Rene Mandel Corrin, however, was masked in somewhat unorthodox fashion. The bawdy, fertile, redhead matriarch of a sprawling Jewish, Mexican, redneck American family has kicked it. It was written. According to the family's obituary, published at the Fightsville Observer, Corrin, who died on Saturday at the age of 84, uh, had uh, many glamorous locales and she went bankrupt. They included the birthplace of uh, McKeesport, Pennsylvania, where she first fell in love with ham and atheism, Kill Devil's Hills, North Carolina, where Renee's, Renee's dreams, credit rating and marriage are still buried. And Miami, Florida, where Renee's parents, uncles, aunts and external hopes of all Miami Dolphins fans everywhere are all buried pretty deep. The remarkable and hilarious thousand word obituary was written by Corin's son, Andy, and went viral. The tribute to her mother, also fondly known as Rosie, is partly tongue in cheek, account of a long and eventful life, liberally sprinkled with anecdotes and encounters, some of which Corin admits might not even be true. But the banter represents a loving tribute to a lady they can still, still can't quite believe they died. Renee has been toying with death for decades, but always beating it, running off in her silver Chevy Nova. COVID couldn't kill Renee, neither could pneumonia twice, infections, blood clots, bad, uh, bad feet, breast cancer twice, two mas- uh, mastectomies. Uh, two uh, recessions, multiple bankruptcies, marriage to a floundering sergeant major, divorce in the 1970s, six kids and one cesarean, a few abortions from the quietly famous abortionist of Spring Lake, North Carolina, uh, and an affair with Larry King in the 60s. She played cards like a shark, uh, bowled and played cribbage like a pro and laughed with the boys until the wee hours, uh, long after the pin drop. Renee didn't cook, she didn't clean, and she was lousy with money. Here's what Rene was great at. Dying in red roots, weekly manicures, dirty jokes, pier fishing, uh, rolling joints, and buying dirty magazines. Life's not worth living if you're not going to feel alive. I can't remember if last week I told you that if you have long nasal hair, you breathe better. Long nasal hair helps one breathe better. But here's another piece of medical advice for you. And this is perfect for anybody in the audio business and podcasting. Tongue retraction or tongue constriction can impinge on vocal fold vibration and most importantly, vocal efficiency. It's been lovely having you here. It's the big drum roll before Crimbo. Uh, We've got one sort of week to go or basically this time next week will be Christmas Eve. So just to let you know, I think I'm going to fit one podcast in, one podcast in tomorrow or Sunday. Okay. And then we're going to have two next week. But I think we're going to do one middle of the week and maybe a special one on Christmas Eve. So there we go. That's the uh, that is basically the rotor for the show over the holidays. And then I think we're going to take a little bit of time off uh, until uh, nearly nearly the new year, probably. So if you like your audio chappy, then you can listen on Apple Music. 
You can listen to Apple Podcasts. There's a Spotify, just the audio version. Slacker, Breaker. Uh, you can listen on uh, iHeartRadio, Pandora. You can listen on Audible, Amazon Music. You can basically listen everywhere. Now, as I was hanging a tea bag on my Christmas tree, you can see it on my Instagram, at Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese. I was hanging a tea bag on the Christmas tree because I basically wanted to dry it out and reuse it. That's what I wanted to do. I heard, as it was dripping down, I could hear the dulcet tones of Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese. You can literally hear it everywhere. But if you like the musical version, I mentioned this earlier, but if you like the Butler and Pouring musical edition, so you like great music between my utterings, then you can have stuff like Fry Right on today's uh, musical edition playlist for the butler. You can have some Aztec Camera. You can have some Clash. You can have some Kooji Radical. You can have some Notorious B.I.G., The Pretenders, Mariah Carey, Ariana Grande. You can have a little bit of Robert Downey Jr. singing a beautiful version of The River off the Ally McBeal soundtrack. Uh, you can also have some Shaky, some Shaken Stevens, some Style Council if you want a bit of Paul Weller at Christmas time. Oh, wow. It really is a, a complete, I mean, it's a stocking full of Christmas crackers. Coming up next, we have the poem. This is a little sentimental, uh, but beautiful at the same time. Christmas in heaven. Santa, do you know where heaven is? Maybe your reindeer knows the way, for I have a special present I need delivered on Christmas Day. For Christmas is a time for sharing with those we hold so dear. Please take the gift with all my love for an angel who's no longer here. It's wrapped up in our memories we shared from the past. The ribbons and bows are all of our dreams. Inside there's a broken heart. It's a very special parcel. Please, Santa, don't delay. I'd love it to be in heaven in time for Christmas Day. Thank you for opening your ears up and your hearts to this uh, lovely little podcast we put together a couple of times a week. Hope you have a very stress-free week this coming week. Um, I will be back to give you a little bit of a uh, little bit of comedy joy and uh, gentle rumblings uh, before the Christmas week itself. But I'm sure a lot of you are out there Christmas shopping, getting stressed. Have you made the gravy yet, though? Have you made that gravy? I think I may have to make the gravy. I haven't even made the mince pies yet. I need to make the mincemeat today, people. <gasps> oh, so much to do, so little time. But until next time, uh, we'll have another one before the end of the weekend. Cheerio.